I know that uh, for many of you this has been a hectic week and uh, one where uh, we're having all kinds of um, things coming our way and we're having to deal with issues of life. And as I was studying, I was just concentrating on the wonderful peace that the Lord Jesus gives. And uh, so much of that, I think I just take for granted, you know, and the whole idea of the peace of the Lord. And then as I read that scripture this morning that uh, Pastor Mark read in the scripture lesson from John 14, talking about um, uh, just the, the way our God meets us. And uh, as, as he, even as you read that, I just got this picture of the other night um, as trusting the Lord, you know, in, in all of life. And uh, uh, he says in verse 24, he says, He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which we hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. And... Uh, uh, you know, these things become, in our lives, oftentimes as Christians, we kind of grow accustomed to the sayings or the, the word of Christ, and we don't relate it as appropriate for every moment of every day. Not appropriate, that's not a good expression, but we just don't hold it in that position in our lives where it ought to be. And uh, when we talk about the wonderful... Um, fruit of the Spirit, those first three, that cluster, that wonderful cluster, that those first three are our relationship to God. God at work in a very special way in our lives and talk about peace. And, and as I was thinking about it, well, it was, uh, we had, uh, the kids were over the other night and it was Saturday nights or Friday night, so they weren't worried about getting into bed. And I have a couple of grandkids who love games, play games. So we played games and then out came the Monopoly board and at first it's repulsive to me when I see that because uh, Ben and Brad destroyed Monopoly for me when they were kids. They would have these marathon nights of nothing but Monopoly. Well, Aaron wanted to play Monopoly and he finally wormed it into the events of the evening. And um, you know, here I am, I'm granddad and I'm brilliant. and. Uh, <laughs> what a struggle I had. I had I had come to this place where I had a good corner on the market and I had four homes on every place and I just thought I have it made but I had gotten down to the point where and he was watching my money stack. This kid I'm afraid is um no, I'm anyway, uh I have to say this, he was the banker. You know what that means? <laughs> anyway, we come, we're playing, and he begins to put these hotels on all of these lots that he has bought. And within two times around the board, I was crushed, and I went into bankruptcy. And the rest of the night, I heard, not that he had won, Poppy owes me a hundred, uh, over $1,000, a thousand fifth, was it a thousand? Something. It was horrible the way he had taken advantage of. But I, it had a had a, a bear, it had an effect on me. I went to bed kind of discouraged <laughs> and worried, <laughs> and I had to repent. 
And I thought, how often in life where uh, things don't seem to go my way, does it affect me in such a way that if it affects people around me because of the effect that it had on me? And my walk with God. And you know, I truly believe that when the fruit of the Spirit isn't expressed in our lives, and it is a cluster, every one of us as believers have within us the, 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 that cluster, that fruit of the Spirit. And when those are not all evident in our lives, it means somehow we are in trouble because we're not walking in the Spirit. Do you realize that? That means that I have to be with it all the time. I have to be aware of my position in Christ Jesus as I handle the difficulties and the sorrows and the disappointments of this earthly life. And when I'm not at peace, like I wasn't when I lost all my money, oh, by the way, I'm so glad it was just the game, but there are many people who are struggling because their pile of money has suddenly gone down and they're facing all kinds of difficulties. And it's just a good picture of the other things we have in life that are so precarious. But that's life. And when we're called to be disciples of Jesus Christ, he owns my money stack. He owns my house and my lands. He owns me. So ultimately, I need to get to the place where I understand that, wait a minute, it's all in Christ's hands. And as he desires that I walk faithfully before him, it may be through difficulty and through rough times. Does that mean I'm void of peace? No. Praise God, the peace that I have is way beyond having to do with my material blessings or my circumstances in life or my aches and my pains. It has to do with my recognizing and walking in the Spirit, following the Spirit of Christ throughout my life. And then, you see, God puts us in that position where he favors us and allows us to walk in his power that sin has no dominion upon us any longer. That's true, isn't it? Most of us find that somewhere along the line we're having to confess our sins time and time and time again. And yet we can say with with, with that marvelous, marvelous hope in Christ and the knowledge of the foundation of his word, which will stay, remain forever. That our standing before our mighty God is in Christ. And he deals with me along that pathway, no matter how rough it is. He, after all, is my sovereign Lord. But you know, the sad thing is, even in a game, I don't act like that. Which made me come to the place where I realize, I am not trusting you, Lord, as I ought to trust. 
So I had to be thankful for that rough game and that little kid who took all my money, all my houses. God is good. He's good. And I need to understand that when Jesus says here in John 14 that he has sent his helper, his spirit into the life of every believing individual. Forever, it says, that he may abide forever. It's just an amazing thing, and it makes me say, well, Lord, whatever you have for me, whatever pathway you draw me down, I can trust in you because, after all, you are in control of my bank account. You are in control of my life. And as I surrender to you and as I yield to your leading, then I know that I'm going to be in the center of your will, even if it's painful or grievous. Now that's something, a lesson that I seem to have to learn <clears throat> time and time again. You see, I'm a slow learner. But God is faithful. And his word is true all the time. And it will always be true. Now we're going to go to Galatians chapter 5. So open your Bibles, if you would, to Galatians chapter 5. Tell you what, I, this, this um, study this week has brought so many things to my, the surface in my mind. I thought I was at peace. But the Lord has so much more than I can possibly understand and grasp fully. Isn't that wonderful? We serve a God who knows us inside and out, who understands the workings of our minds, the failings that we tend to, and our strengths for his glory. He cares. He cares. We're going to be looking at the fruit of the Spirit, and this is the third uh, of the, that cluster, that part of that cluster, the fruit of the Spirit is Peace. And uh, as we look at this, I'm, I'm trusting that we will just keep in thinking that we have already gone through love and joy. Love laid that perfectly marvelous foundation of giving us that, that sense of who we are in our wonderful God and how his love has, has gone way beyond anything we can even fathom. And that fruit is alive in me. And if I will just walk after the Spirit, follow His Spirit, obey His Spirit, yield to His Spirit, then I'm going to realize that agape, that is just such a major part of life itself, that love, that unselfish, unself-centered kind of love that a lost world doesn't even understand. They don't comprehend that. You see, in order for us to even grasp that truth, the Holy Spirit has to teach us. 
has to bring us to that understanding. So when you see sinners acting like sinners, don't be so amazed. And don't cluck your tongue. They, that is just the way it is. And it's only by grace that you have any opportunity to look and see people's needs when it comes to in this area of sinfulness. Remembering that you have a lifetime of dealing with your own sinfulness. Although we are not bound by that law to sin, and we have been given that marvelous choice to live in the victory and the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit within us. It's still a battle, isn't it? That's why it's called Christian warfare. We're in a battle every day, folks. But you see, we have the privilege of walking after the Spirit, not just following Him, but knowing that He dwells within us, bringing us close. I could hardly sing some of these hymns that we sang this morning because of the, the emotion that comes to the very surface of my thinking and actually crushes me. <laughs> A good crushing. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Last week, or last time, that was our theme. This time it's his peace. You know that old song, I've got peace like a river? The whole idea is that man alive, that river of God's peace just keeps flowing, keeps flowing, keeps flowing. How stupid of me not to allow that peace to overwhelm my soul more than just on a Sunday morning when I'm together with God's people. I'm affected by the voices of praise and the attitudes of the heart and the, just the, the expressions of the word and the atmosphere that we have as believers being drawn together in obedience, not forsaking the gathering together. Jesus is here, that's why. And his peace reigns in our lives. I just, uh, uh, in Galatians 5, if, if you just look at, let's, let's look just, if you would, at uh, this for a few minutes. Um, I was going to go back to verse 16, where we started last time, but uh, this is where he's, he's telling us we have to walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Man, alive. You know, I put that on my phone, and every morning at 8 o'clock it dings, and it reminds me of that scripture. Because you see, I need to be led around, sometimes by the nose. And then go to, let's go to our, our text verse. But the fruit, that's 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. That law that binds us into that, that terrible predicament that the body can rule, the flesh can rule. And here, when we look at this, we say gentleness, goodness, faith, we're going to go to that one of these times, but that is concerning the faithfulness, not only the faithfulness of God, but our faithfulness as a result of the indwelling of the Spirit of God. 
As I, as I look at, at this, this, this scripture here in Galatians 5, it's just a marvelous reminder that um, the, word, the, the verse starts with but. You know, if, as you read through, and I probably should have read through, and he goes through all of this list of, of people who live outside the leading of the Holy Spirit. Those who are not in that battle, they've already lost the battle and they're walking outside the realm of victory because they don't have Jesus Christ in their lives. Therefore, they don't have the Spirit of Christ leading them. And then so it comes all the way here and he says this, do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And then verse 22 says, but, what a wonderful word. We'll call it the but of sanctification. That life that we have, that we live as we are led by the Spirit. And I'll tell you what, this marks the difference between the flesh and the Spirit. And it gives us such a wonderful contrast. We go from the darkness into the light between trying to make the flesh behave to this wonderful contrast of light, that of allowing the Holy Spirit his full freedom in my life to do his work. I believe that's the teaching that we have here in verses 17 and 18. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would, but... If ye be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. And that's why I said, you still have to deal with this fleshly and the impulses and the, the driving of the flesh. The desires of this flesh in relationship to the leading of the Spirit. And so as a Christian, you don't have to dwell in the shadow there anymore. You walk in the Spirit And you surrender yourself day by day. That's what it is. It takes uh, this, I'm going to walk by the Spirit's leading. I'm going to walk based upon the Word of God. Because I have the right now as a child of God to choose that I am going to obey the Spirit of Christ. I don't have to be overcome with the old desires of my flesh. You see, the problem is, so often I get up and Adam don't take time to refresh myself in the truth of God's word and allow the spirit of the Lord to bring me to that place where I desire to have his fullness in my life. And so what do I do? I walk like a sinner, undone without that marvelous blessed hope. So I believe as we study the fruit of the Spirit, we can see that we have been given every privilege, every opportunity to walk in the fullness of Christ, walking after the Spirit of Christ. And we don't have to be down here, weighed down by houses and lands and all the difficulties of bad health and all the issues. And I think that's where these prosperity preachers are falling apart. They're giving an unrealistic view 
of the struggle of life for the believer, the battle of life. And you can name it and claim it all you want, but what I want to do is by the Spirit's power recognize Jesus' ability within me to surrender to him and to follow the Spirit, whether it be in a low place or a high place. Paul understood that when he says, I'm learning to be content. If we are genuinely born of God, there is this very clear-cut word, B-U-T, right here between the former life and this current life that we are living. We may not be all that we should be, but if we were all that we should be, we would be perfect, wouldn't we? And I'm afraid, I'm afraid that if you were to examine my life or anybody else's life, and we shouldn't be doing that so much, should we? You would find that there's great failure and error because oftentimes we're not winning in the warfare. We haven't dressed out in our battle garb. We haven't trusted Christ for the day and we haven't surrendered to the spirit of Christ that we may follow him. Praise the Lord. We read in 2 Corinthians 5:17 If any man be in Christ he is a new creature old things have passed away behold all things are become new You see that's God's promise to us that the old ways of the flesh can be subdued and crushed and in their place can be that marvelous cluster of the fruit of the Spirit. Well, we said last time that uh, that was a marvelous um, idea that God had that he would produce a cluster of fruit, not just simply a sim simple fruit, but a cluster of fruit, many-faceted idea of that fruit that he gives. You know, there are, are trees that uh, grow clusters of fruit, and um, what they do is they blend into one, producing something wonderful and unique, and that's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. I would say that that's God at work in our lives producing Christian godly character. When we allow the works of the flesh to just take that place in our lives, there are many, many sorrows, many difficulties, and there's much confusion. Oh, how we, as we gather together like a day like this, we sing unto the Lord, and there's that marvelous sense of his glory. And I tell you what, there are times in the singing and when we're, how could heaven be any sweeter than the, the marvelous time when we gather together and give praise as one 
to our wonderful Lord. And yet heaven is so far beyond us. But he's given a little taste, hasn't he? In the body of Christ. We want to see that, 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 that wonderful uh, production of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And that means we must walk in the Spirit. We are to live by the faith and the faithfulness of the Son of God. His faithfulness brings us to this place. You know, when I think about walking, and I made allusion to this a little bit, uh, uh, I alluded to that just a little bit before this idea that when, we're not, when I'm not walking um, and abiding in Christ, you know that marvelous portion of Scripture in John 15 talks about I am the vine and ye are the branches. And he says we are to be in him and we're to be abiding in him. And uh, we're never completely broken off, but we lose that marvelous sense of unity with the vine, don't we? When we are not walking in Christ, abiding in him. But when we're abiding in Christ, it means, listen to this, that there is no unjudged sin in your life, it means an open course to the vine. And the relationship is unhindered. But when there's sin in our lives, we must confess it. First John 1 John 1.9 tells us. When there's known sin in our lives, and I mean the Spirit of God will bring sins to your life. He doesn't do it all at once because we'd be overcome and they'd have to drag us out. But as we live for Christ, the, the Spirit of the Lord brings sin in our lives, unconfessed sin in our lives. We need to deal with it immediately so that we have that sense of abiding in Christ and there's that strength of life in him. I, um, <clears throat> I was reading something of, I, most of you know Steve Pettit. He was an evangelist here several times. And uh, this is what he says about peace. He says the word peace comes from a Greek verb that conveys a sense of wholeness or health. And I love that perspective that he takes on that because it's a little larger than what I had been thinking. Wholeness or health. Oh, I've got peace like a river. That means his wholeness. And, and he brings that health, healthy in that relationship aspect to my life. And I think he, 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 his whole idea that is in the physical body, when uh, things are out of place, then, then uh, there's a lack of health. But when, when things are uh, uh, coming together as they should be in a person's life, in a person's body, why the body is at peace and at rest. Right now you may be saying, man alive, I have a terrible ache in my back. You know, well, you know how it is to deal with that. It's the same way in the spiritual realm. When we're dealing with that backache in the spiritual sense, we need to get at the root of that thing so that there should be that rest, that peace, 
comes. He says this, obviously, an unbeliever standing before God is out of place. No one can know peace unless his standing before God is made right. The eternal peace a believer experiences comes from knowing his place is secure before God. What does that say about us? Do we recognize that and expound that and, and say it to ourselves? I am in Christ. My standing is secure. My footage is secure. And the word of God and the promise, the very revelation of God in my life. And when I have that sense that I am at peace and I'm at rest even when things aren't going so well. The wonderful thing is that even when the storms of life are just raging, that sounds like a song I heard. Why, I can still experience peace. I can know peace. That's why I believe it's part of that, that cluster of the fruit of the Spirit. Because it's not something that I can manufacture in myself. It has to come from in within me where the Spirit of God dwells. It comes as I submit to the truth of God. His word. And his word tells me that he is in control. We sang it today. But our minds being stayed, our minds being focused upon the Word of God. So it's it's a, it comes down to a matter, the issue, the 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 matter of keeping our minds on the Lord, who is our peace. Isn't that what he said in John 14? That means my focus must be, and this is something we dis we discipline ourselves to. We focus on Christ. We focused on the absolute of God's word, his holy word, the foundation of our lives. And it's a moment-by-moment -moment expression. And when I become distracted and so weighed down with the problems and the cares of my life, why, my focus will be out of place. Well, walking in the Spirit, for me as a believer, is simply a matter of having my focus where it ought to be. Focus on the truth of Almighty God, on God's control, on God's wisdom, on God's absolute authority. The truth of it is, I have to say, God's way is best. He knows best. And when I can trust that, and when I can believe that, the result is going to be the fruit of peace expressing itself in my very life. The peace of God. Go, if you would, uh, with me quickly, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4. If 
you look at um, 6 and 7 of Philippians 4, it says, be careful. You know what that word careful means, don't you? It has to do with your anxiety level. Most of us know what that means. Be careful for nothing. That's a tall order, isn't it? But Lord, I have to, I have to manage this. I have to have my hands on it. I have to control it in some way. That's just the way you made me. Well, Lord, I hear what you're saying. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. You know what that means? It means that I have to trust in God's ability and God's faithfulness and his love for me, that agape, that, that in the midst of my saying, yes, I believe it, Lord, he still got me on that pathway, and I don't know whether I'm, what's, what's ahead, Lord? I have to know. I want to know those things because I have to make some plans. No. It says be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. That's, that's God's peace in all the circumstances of my life. And I don't know what you're facing right now or what you're concerned with maybe down the line or whatever, but that this is the very word of God. Be Careful for nothing. In other words, don't live in anxiety. And if you have to go to a bottle, I didn't mean that, a bottle of any kind to solve that issue, then there's something very, very wrong. Because he says, in everything, in everything, prayer, I, this is a formula he's giving us right now. Prayer and supplication, that means more than just simply general praying, it's supplications, bringing my need before the Lord, pouring out my heart, which is filled with anxiety. But then he says, with thanksgiving. At times that burns me up. Because, you know, there are times in me when I recognize that I am not thankful in my spirit. Whoa. First John 1 John 1.9, praise God, huh? With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Now listen to this. The next word is and. It leads you right into it. You fall right into it. And the Peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your heart. Passeth all understanding. He passes my understanding all the time. Keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Well, keep, that's a military word. It means guard. It's like a garrison. These people understood what it meant because they lived at a time when the Romans 
were a garrison around the town. They were comforted in a sense by that because they knew that any invaders would have to come through them first. So keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And it's the mind part that oftentimes gets us, isn't it? Satan will attack your mind. Well, pray, supplicate, give thanks. That means giving thanks before it happens? Yes. That's our call to faith, isn't it? And then, if it doesn't go exactly like we want to say, we say, thank you, Lord, for being my guide. You know best for me. Sometimes you say that through tears because it hurts. But God blesses our faith as we walk by faith and not by sight. And he says, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Jesus says, peace I leave you. What gifts God has given to us? Well, I have a lot more to say. I might save it for another time because that's a lot for us to chew on, ruminate. Are we walking by the Spirit's leading? Are we walking by our old flesh, wanter? It's up to you, isn't it? So 1 John 1, 9 comes to mind. If I'm walking in my flesh, then I am out of order. And he's just said, oh, things like that. I mean, that's not part of the kingdom. Oh, God has so much for us in these days. And we may be worried politically. We may be worried financially. We may be worried about relationships. We may be worried. Because sometimes that's our thing, you know. We're just worriers. We'll confess it as sin. And you get into the word of God and get your focus upon almighty God. His word will stand forever. The promise is, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Isaiah 26, 3. What a wonderful verse. Let's pray.